Orb presents A Party for Tarzan. This is Gary Butterfield. This is Cole Ross. We're kind of in the uh, the finale? A little bit, maybe. Kind of accidentally sets up the finale that wasn't a finale? <laughs> Season six coming to an end here. Kind of abruptly. Uh, with the yeah, penultimate episode. Yeah. Uh, this was written yeah. by Doc Hammer, and it originally aired on March the 13th of 2016. Yeah. This is uh, all kinds of complicated where this fits into their writing and production schedule. Yes. Uh, this was written to accomplish things. Mm-hmm. Um, they needed to uh, tighten the noose around Rusty. Uh, because Dr. Miss of the Monarch thinks he's blue morpho and they need to accomplish, uh, them finding out that, uh, the Monarch was not, mm-hmm. you know, get them off the Monarch's trail and off Doc's trail. Yes. Yeah. Uh, for this. To, uh, to kind of stop the hunt, uh, mostly or, you know, in large part. So the morphic trilogy could happen. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the basic premise of this, Rusty is trying to throw a party for a celebrity he met, Christopher Lambert. I'm sorry, uh, Christopher motherfucking uh, Lambert. <laughs> uh, who the boys and the episode title refers to as his Tarzan, Tarzan persona. <laughs> I've never seen this Tarzan movie they're talking about. Neither have I. No clue. Why would I watch a fucking Tarzan movie? <laughs> it's not weird. 19- it's not 1935. Yeah. God, kids love Tarzan. <laughs> Oof. <laughs> like I always forget the name of this episode because I always think of Tarzan along with King Gorilla. Oh yeah. He gets a Tarzan, he gets Tarzapan. So <laughs> King Gorilla have his Tarzan, you know? Uh, so in my head, I always think this is the episode of King Gorilla's getting out of jail party. Yes. Where Monarch gives him the cigarettes. Uh, but no, it has nothing to do with that. It's just a Christopher Lambert role that I was not familiar with. Same, same. Uh, I think everybody knows Christopher Lambert, who previous to this, uh, previous to watching this, I always called him Christopher Lambert. Uh, go listen yeah. to the Mortal Kombat episode of Adaptation Decay to hear us saying that. Raiden. Yeah, he's Yeah, he's, he's Raiden in that. Um, and uh, also the Highlander, right? You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the big ones <laughs> uh, here. Uh, while this is happening, the Monarch and 21 do their scheme. To yes. shake off uh, suspicion. Uh, but that is not all that happens in the episode because this is a uh, style parody yeah. <laughs> uh, episode. <laughs> it's like everybody goes to Hank's uh, except without a conceit. Right. It's like there's nothing in the nothing diegetic that makes it that. There's no hat. Right. There is nothing that uh, is having people. It's just uh, act, act, act this way. It's primarily the events portrayed in the actual text of the of the episode uh in this kind of scorsese like fashion specifically like goodfellas um right with uh, this narration uh the narration jumps around to different characters who are kind of giving expo- exposition about what's going on as things happen right so this is really fast moving and snappy um and mm-hmm. distinct from every other episode of the show yeah it uh it it leans on the square city thing really hard yeah. so much. So the characters don't really talk like themselves. Yeah. Uh, throughout it. I have mixed feelings about this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I have mixed feelings about the thing it's setting up for the next one. Yeah. Which we'll talk about. When we talk about the next episode, but this is meant to, when they, they talk about this in the book and the commentary is that one of the functions was to set up the, 
saw kind of subplot in the finale. Yeah. Thing that still felt like it came out of fucking nowhere to me. Uh-huh. Uh huh. All the times I've seen this season, mm-hmm. knowing it's coming didn't help. Right. Uh, and there would have been a real easy solution to it. And it makes me mad. They didn't do the solution to it, which is, which uh, is just have it. So the 21 actually killed people. No, no, no. Well, that, I mean, that true too, because they do get rid of that thread. Mm-hmm. You know, it's an interesting thing for 21 to do, but they hate interesting things for 21. So they get rid of it would have been to have it be villains that we've seen. Oh yeah. Like have it be, you know, show scenes where we think they went off and killed, you know, someone, but like oh, yeah. think tank should be in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the, instead of the doom factory blowing up, change it that he doesn't kill them. You know, like they're incompatible plots almost. Yeah. Yeah. You know, cause the, the guild spends the entire season talking about somebody hunting Rusty's arches. They spend no time talking about these people like being missing. Like oh, they find yeah. the bodies mm-hmm. for them. So we just get two characters out of nowhere that he was reluctant to kill. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it, I think it's sloppy. It, it doesn't, that part of it doesn't work for me, but it has red death and that works for me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's obviously. Yeah. <laughs> it makes like it, the, makes it really hard yeah. to, uh, to, to be entirely condemning of it. Yeah. And then this episode also has things to like as well. Mm-hmm. It just ends up feeling like I really see the strings. Yeah. Uh, in this one and uh, like it, it is it is hard not to armchair quarterback it uh, just because they talk about oh the difficulties we really 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 wanted this to be to be the finale right but because we were attached to the way this one particular plot resolved it had to kind of make the structure of the season awkward and you know, like the, 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 there were ways to solve that problem and have the have it be the way you wanted to just by making another change. It just kind of seemed like prioritizing the wrong thing from the outside. Yeah, right? yeah, a little bit. And then we end up with this weird thing where season seven begins with the finale of season six. Well, wait, that, that happened. Also, season, season six began with the finale of season five. Yeah, yeah we we end up with these some weird pre tape call in show yeah. stuff that's happening here. The other thing that, uh, in the back matter of this, like the book and the commentary that's interesting is the boys love this episode a lot more than I do. Yeah. Like I like this quite a bit. I think it's funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, they love it. Oh yeah. Uh, just uh, in the com- very proud of themselves in the commentary. Jackson is just, uh, just over the moon with it. Um, it, and I could see it being, he talks about it being really fun to direct. Yes. You know? Uh, and I can see that, mm-hmm. right? Like, it reminded me of a thing that happens a lot with art where I feel like creators will get bored with something before I do. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like they will really like a, uh, or like listening to podcast, uh, and the podcasters are having a lot of fun because it's a live episode. Mm-hmm. But to me, I'd rather just listen to a regular episode. Right. Right. You know? Uh, and it's like, they, they don't want to just do the same old thing, but I, the same old thing is what I'm here for. Mm-hmm. You know, this Scorsese style parody is kind of clever, Mm-hmm. And it's a little impressive, like it apes Scorsese really well, but it ends up making an episode of the Venture Brothers where nobody really acts like themselves. Yeah. Uh, which as a Venture Brothers fan, that's, I'm here for Venture Brothers. Yeah. I want these characters. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so it ends up feeling a little weird to me. I don't know. I don't know how you feel about it. We haven't talked about it, but it ends up feeling just yeah. a little bit odd to me. No, it's just a, it's, it, it's a weird one for, to have so much important stuff happen in it in a completely different voice. Yeah. And it, it doesn't, that diegetic layer that happens, you know, I'm also, you know, slightly cooler on everybody comes to Hank's than everybody else. Mm-hmm. But I like the idea of Hank getting that hat at transforming the world around him. Yes. Like that being through Hank's perspective, as opposed to an omniscient narrator perspective works for me a lot better. 
Yeah, the, the the fact that this is just kind of primarily, it primarily exists. It, it really does feel like it is just like an episode of a show, you know, yeah. which is a ridiculous thing to say because uh, it is an episode of a show. These things cannot happen and don't happen. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, kind of a, another side of this is uh, for me also, like if I was just sitting down and watching this and not, you know, keeping it in context and reading it real close, I probably would enjoy it a lot more when I wasn't sitting down to take notes about it. I just thought this was a fun little departure. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You just, you just let it, uh, let it go. Let let it slip by and it's, it's enjoyable. It can be what it is. Yeah. Yeah. It it just what it is. But if you think about it, it feels like a world state tendency that is on the venture brothers. Yeah. You know, that it's all been through this uh, Scorsese lens. Mm-hmm. It also, uh, this is me being uh, nitpicky a little bit. Scorsese parody feels past its sell-by date. A little bit. This is something the Animaniacs were doing. <laughs> you know, like this This is really in, in 2016, you're going to do a Goodfellas parody? Huh, okay. Huh. You're all right, buddy. <laughs> you know, like, huh. All right, well, yeah. just uh no. Interesting go, choice. Go go ahead, I guess. Yeah, go, kind of like yeah. uh, kind of like going with the uh, the David Hasselhoff uh, joke in uh, in twenty sixteen, mm. right? Well, that yeah. was that was less outdated, but yeah, similar. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the reason why Christopher Lambert's here is because they had been goofing right off camera, uh, being the kind of guy who would uh, kind of surround himself with you know, low key celebrities that he thought were really incredible. Oh, that rusty would, you know? if he got money, uh, rusty just, would. yeah. Uh, and they settled on Christopher Lambert mm-hmm. just because, uh, Oh yeah. Rusty, <laughs> rusty would have been a big fan of Christopher Lambert. And I just love him reading off the, uh, reading off the different roles that he had, you know, thunder God Raiden. <laughs> yeah. It's very cute. <laughs> uh, so, uh, we start off, uh, with the night sky, um, this Latin chanting, it's very intense. There's a blood red moon. Wide whale is telling Dr. And Mrs. The monarch to take the shot. Uh, she has the blue morpho in her sights, the penthouse, her tower. And we start getting this, uh, kind of, uh, noirish, you know, narration that'll pop over this yeah. eventually. Uh, she shoots blue morpho falls backwards, hat flies off. And we see that it's actually rusty, uh, here. And then 21 pops in and goes, what? I know it's crazy. How did this even happen? Uh, <laughs> underlining the, the cold open, you know, going back over the stuff. <laughs> Record scratch. You're probably wondering how we got here with the main character of our show dying. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and so we get to the episode proper. 21 is narrating kind of where things began, uh, at least for him. Uh, <laughs> we see a little fat kid, uh, 21, you know, a little Gary Fisher. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's on his uh, class trip to Washington, D.C., the eighth grade trip, uh, and he had the honor of presenting an American flag to Senator Ben Nighthorse Campbell, uh, actual guy, actual senator. Uh, seems yep. cool. Didn't look into his voting record or anything, uh, but um, he was uh, kidnapped. The monarch's men uh, kidnapped him thinking that he was the senator. Yeah. Uh Doc has a lot of things in the commentary to talk shit about bolo ties <laughs> during this. Uh, just very surprised. Uh, also, uh, so I knew this was a real senator and everything. Senator Ben Knight Horse Campbell. Mm-hmm. Uh, with a little editing, this becomes Senator Knight Horse. <laughs> and that's really powerful to me. Senator Knight Horse is very good. Like, 
I don't know, man. Like just imagining everybody coming together to call roll or whatever. <laughs> and then the, the, the dark clop clop that you hear out in the distance. <laughs> Senator Nighthorse arrives like the, uh, a ghostly umbra overtakes the Senate halls. <laughs> the temperature drops 15 degrees. Yeah. <laughs> His clouds like, of breath coming. <laughs> they start playing the Knights Cavalry music. Like, it's a, I like Senator Nice Night Horse a lot. Yeah. And Senator Nice Horse. Is that just me? They vote against each other. They actually vote in line together. Senator Nice Horse doesn't want to actually uh, alienate. Right, night horses voters. No, no, so. it feels like if if uh, if if nice horse can just re- reach across the uh, reach across the aisle to to, to night horse. Yeah, you know, yeah, put one one hoof across the aisle. <laughs> uh, so twenty one has been kidnapped. He's in a cell with, and the monarch thinks he's the uh, the senator uh, and wants him to. Uh, he'll let him go if he uh, puts a law into place that makes Rusty Venture makes the name Venture illegal. Classic monarch. <laughs> yeah, goes through. Twenty one loves this. Yeah. Uh, this you know, think about it. Um, anytime he orders a pizza, anytime he goes to the bank, you know, he's, he, he's just, a uh, he, 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 he is a crime just to exist. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's, he signs a paper and he's like, you know, uh, the monarch reads it like, who the hell is Gary Fisher? Uh, and he's, you know, he's like, I'm, I'm Gary Fisher. You have the wrong guy. 24 says he looked more senatorial. He had the flag, uh, <laughs> there and he was a big kid. Uh-huh. Uh, the monarch says, you know, get rid of him like that, you know, to kill him, but they did not kill him. They recruit yeah. him instead. Yeah. Uh, and he got his GED just in case, just in case henching fell through. <laughs> yeah. Uh, cut over to the monarch, uh, who's going to hench Dr. Heine, uh, here. This is based on a real ad in New York for like a guy named like Dr. Keister or something like that, who is a proctologist. Yeah. Uh, I used to walk by a proctologist office that had a gigantic circular portal window that I always thought of as a gigantic asshole. I mean, that has uh, to be intentional, right? Yeah. And then it got uh, closed down and everything. <laughs> so now it's just this like empty building with a gigantic asshole window that I really love. <laughs> Turn it into a submarine. Suddenly it's a portal. Yeah, exactly. I love that stuff. I love uh, I love those kind of things, a porthole. Uh <laughs> The uh, doctor, he's going to go hunt this proctologist and doctor misses the monarch. Like he's upset about this and doctor misses the monarch says, you know, you're lucky you're doing anything. Like there's a vigilante hunting villains, uh, killing level tens, you know, wouldn't kill you, but you should stay away. Yeah. At this point. Yeah. But he's going to go and this is part of the plan. He has to be seen arching uh, Dr. Heine uh, while the blue morpho strikes again. Um, yes. Yeah. So this is where Dr. Mrs. The Monarch picks up you know, her narration here uh, and talks about the kind of like what the council is doing about the, the blue morpho situation. Uh, the council of five and a half because yeah. watch and ward were added, but not in the full capacity. Also, they can't sit at the big table. They have to sit at a card table. They're at the kitty table. table. Yeah. Cruel. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, so they, they don't have the records uh, to blue morpho here. They knew he's a vigilante. The guild put out a bounty on him. Uh, but the sovereign destroyed any inform- information on anyone who claimed the bounty. Yes. Uh, this bit, minute, this bit with Dragoon is my favorite bit in the episode. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, it's very sweet. <laughs> like, he wore mostly blue. Like I recall, he wore mostly blue, like a resplendent blue tomato. Well, there's such a thing, of course. <laughs> yes, yes, we get it, old friend. It's very sweet. I, was... I love Red Mantle and Dragoon becoming like 
<laughs> yeah. weird old married couple. Yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe the maybe this. <laughs> I recognize that it's funny. I also feel the, the like the dementia jokes kind of thing a little bit. Oh sure. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not saying they shouldn't make it. It is it is very funny and well presented, and I like I like the uh, Red Mantle's reaction to it, which is to humor him and just like we're not going to make an issue of this. For for, yeah, pers- for personal reasons. Sweet. Oh, it's very sweet. Yeah, it's not like I think. I think it's it's an absolute. <laughs> it's it's rip it's roaring. <laughs> yeah, it's, just, it's incredibly sweet hearted. <laughs> he doesn't know where he is. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a uh, but his but his friend is there for him. Yeah, it's like yeah. yeah, he doesn't know where he is, but his friend is is there. Uh, Come on, buddy, being soft to him. Yeah. You know, he still has a place at the table, <laughs> or a place on the shoulder. You know. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Z says, you know, he remembers Blue Morpho, a Team Ventures junkyard dog. Uh, and he thinks back, we get this flashback to him uh, having sex with Billie Jean King, who turns out to be the Blue Morpho. He rips off the Mission Impossible mask because yeah. I'm the Blue Morpho. <laughs> this, pretty, this, this is probably my favorite gag in this. <laughs> it's real wild. Yeah. Uh, they talk about it in the commentary in the book of it being pretty squicky. <laughs> The idea of Dr. Z just going to town on every hole on somebody and not realizing. Uh, and then at one point in the commentary, Doc Hammer is like, oh, it's super suit. Or he says it's alter suit. It's a super duper costume. Yeah. yeah super like duper that. suit. <laughs> just something that turns you into Billie Jean King. From the waist down. <laughs> but, but Z, I love what he says. I performed every sexual act known to man that night. Wow. God. He's made tender yet purely accidental love to the blue morpho. <laughs> so when I say he would have done anything for Jonas Venture, you can bet your sweet bippy I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> so good. <laughs> oh uh, man. Uh Mandel talks about this being indecent. Uh and Dr. C's like, it was the 70s, cut me some slack uh there. Uh but the the thing is, you know, if we need to find the blue morpho, we have to go to Venture's air. Yes. Uh, so and obviously that's going to be rusty again the, the it is it is going uh tightening on rusty himself and we cut over to rusty giving a pep talk to his friends um and really devastating <laughs> billy saying all right uh, well, we're all ventures and we're going to accomplish this billy's excited to finally being a venture and rusty very specifically says not you mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Ah. this shades of operation prom mm-hmm. where he's giving everyone a job uh, here for the most important light, night of his life, uh, you know, uh, nothing can threaten the safety of his guest. And he explains what's happening. He he went to this socialite party uh, there with everybody. They kind of dressed up as caterers. Yeah, to sneak in. Sneak in. <laughs> and sneak in. Uh, and he's talking down to them in a way that doesn't feel like his voice. Yeah. Uh, this is where the, the score says he gets in the way. He's like, oh, you know, you're way more pathetic than these people are. These wealthy morons. I'm like, well, that's that's you. Yeah. No, like, you know, that's this, this whole season is about you becoming one of those guys and you turn into this kind of shithead as soon as you get money. Oh yeah. Instantly. Like who is saying this? (laughs) Like which character is this? Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, I I, yeah. I do like I do like the gag because you know they they have, they have to sneak in and you know, Rusty's like, hey, if anybody asks you, uh, you know, why you're here, just say Gloria uh, sent me because there is always a Gloria at these New York parties. Yeah, I, I suppose that might be a New York party thing. Well, I mean, I not, a, a, a rich know the joke. a rich people thing, maybe. Yeah, the rich people got names like this. Yeah, and regular <laughs> people have names like this. High uh, society folks, you know, just uh, like uh, yes, just uh, t- tell Esther I said hello. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. makes I, sense. The to me. Uh, the 
no one is by, biting it. Yeah. And Rusty's bitter about this. Uh, and Billy's like, oh, they're just not talking to you because they're talking to him. And he points <laughs> over and it's Christopher Lambert. Uh, the way this is shot is really great. They don't show his face during the entire episode. Nope. Uh, which I really love just because he's so mythical. Uh-huh. It looks kind of like Ted Danson close up. <laughs> oh, man. And I just, uh, I, I I really love the, just James Urbania saying Christopher motherfucking Lambert. His friends call him Chris. <laughs> yep. Very good. I was very happy when James Urbaniak showed up in the sixth season of Better Call Saul. Oh, it's so good, right? I was just like, wait a minute, is that is that really? Oh shit, yeah. Oh, you're caught up? Uh no, not completely caught up. I only watched the first season. Okay. Or first episode of uh season six. I haven't watched episode two and three yet. Wait, are episode two and three out? Yes, three just came out today or yesterday. God damn, I'm behind. Fuck. Okay. No, I, I've only watched I I but we're at the same place. I only yeah. watched the uh, first episode of it because I was doing other stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm excited. I, I actually went and just like, I never, I've never done this, but I bought the series. Oh yeah. No. Yeah. To own it digitally as it comes out. It feels so ridiculous. I'm going to own this dumb digital artifact, mm-hmm. but I just assumed like, uh, oh, you know, it's like renting a movie. Yeah. I did that with season. Matter. I'm never going to go back to it. I did that with season five to, uh, watch it, uh, even before it was on Netflix. Like just like whatever, yeah. I'll pay 25 bucks and I'll get to watch this. It's fine. Whatever. I wish I had because I waited, you know, forever for it to come on Netflix, and I, I just ended up having the like, oh, I I should watch it again, yeah, to get re caught up feeling. Like I did not <laughs> like the uh, you get to watch a season every couple of years model very much. No, Venture Brothers. <laughs> um, <laughs> Why aren't you a know? different show, Venture Brothers? <laughs> yeah. Uh, the monarch is in gets in his costume pod, uh, and he's uh, in his monarch. He comes out dressed as the monarch. He's upset about this. It's like, oh, you have to be the monarch tonight. Um, you know, 21 took his costume to Enzo's, you know, uh, just while he's not using it. The plan is the monarch is going to arch, arch Dr. Heine while 21 uh, dresses up as the blue morpho and kills somebody called the wandering spider. Yes. You know, and uh, this will bring uh, the monarch's EMA level up uh, by contrast, right? Taking out somebody in line in front of him while also getting a suspicion level down. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and he's like, you know, do I really have to do this? Like, it's dangerous. Wandering spider killed Mr. Energy. It's like, ah, oh, Mr. Energy died when he tried to water his plants. Uh, <laughs> you know, didn't die this. Uh, we cut over to Rusty and Dean. and they go to Enzo's. And uh, Rusty asks Enzo if he's ever made anyone the patriarch. <laughs> uh, and we get the DSMO, like, you know, does the sign of the cross. <laughs> yep. So, oh, every single yeah. thread is hand woven out of gold. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Enzo really grew on me this rewatch. Oh yeah. The first time I was a little confused by Enzo, but, uh, you know, he's going to meet Christopher Lambert and Enzo is like, oh, you know, and, and, and realizes that's important. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's like, oh, I know Chris's taste. He's going to want to see a blue tuxedo. Yeah. Like the, like the Duke of Windsor, the most stylish man. <laughs> Uh, but it'll take a couple of weeks. He goes in the back room and while this is happening, Rusty takes the blue Morpho costume, which happens to be a blue suit. Yeah. Yep. So, yep. uh, 21 is <laughs> waiting outside of uh battle Axe's place, uh, waiting for, uh, uh, the wandering spider to leave, to walk out and he gets ready to do a Ted Bundy on him. Uh, I completely forgot that this was also in silence of the lambs that they just straight up pulled this Ted Bundy detail. I, I mostly know it from Silence of the Lambs. Oh, yeah. Ted Bundy did this. Uh, he did the whole, like, uh, uh, fake having a broken arm uh, to yeah. get girls to help lo- help him load stuff into a car. And that's when he would abduct them. 
he didn't make uh dresses out of them though no that was that part was uh was ed gein i think is what they were was, going after yeah well ed gein didn't i i wish ed gein did that ed gein did <laughs> different stuff than that like ed gein had shrunken heads that he made and shit like <laughs> yeah. incredible i guess uh, the, i guess what uh, i'm saying is buffalo bill is a pet is a uh it is a pastiche, a pastiche. Yeah. oh yeah i know i, know. <laughs> I just uh, uh the um yeah, them them lifting it directly. Part of it being uh, in here also rubs me weird because it's already a movie parody mm-hmm. episode. So the things in this episode that are just directly just a character doing a thing from a movie. Right. In this episode and next episode. The next episode having the explicit saw. Yes. Thing also rubs me a little weird. Yeah. Maybe yeah. there's something to it being 21 both times. Like this is his concept of how bad things are done is he's just acting like yeah. villains that he's seen in other stuff. That's not, that's not underlined really though. It just kind of, it, feels, I think it, it's a doc hammer thing. Yeah. It feels like the, it feels like the writer, um, uh, kind of the, their voice as opposed to something about 21. Yeah. He, uh, he knocks out the, the, uh, wandering spider with a blue morpho with a gas gun. So identifies himself as the blue morpho. Right. We go over to the Monarch riding in a subway and he starts talking about EMA uh, villain levels. I love this. This is so good. This also, I, I love this term- is actually probably my favorite scene. In the, uh, I, I love, so this I love turnbuckle so much. <laughs> yeah, this is phenomenal. Uh, you know, um, you know, he's explaining EMA, these villain levels. Uh, this guy named turnbuckle shows up to arch Jonas venture. Uh, and his, his theme is he's a boxer, an old timey boxer. Yep. <laughs> like, you old face turnbuckle. My roundhouse is, you know, mighty. Uh, and he's like, ran to the psychopath known as the action man. Uh huh. Which you don't want to do. No, you don't. You especially don't want to, uh, inadvertently threaten Rusty when the action man's around because, uh, Rusty is the action man's to traumatize. Yes. <laughs> God, I fucking love the action man so much. <laughs> it's like turns toward him dead serious. Like, you know, step away, step the fuck away from the boy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Turnbuckle like, put up your dukes. You know, he thinks he's going to have, have a fun little boxing villain yeah. match. No. Uh, and the action man pistol whips him into the ground like a tent pole. <laughs> <laughs> I love that so much. <laughs> like a fucking uh, railroad spike. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> So it just, uh, the, the turnbuckle is, uh, again, halfway in the ground, uh, and, uh, completely beaten up, but he's not deterred. Uh, you know, he yells for action man as they're going back inside and says, kiss my ass. So action man just plugs him right between the eyes with a gun. I love it so much. <laughs> uh, so the, the ranking system here was to set up this mismatch. This is similar to the guild commercial we saw. Yes. For like why you want a guild villain, mm-hmm. you know, um, the uh so you know he talks about how he used to be like a level 10 now he's like a four yeah uh dr z tells uh dr mrs the monarch they have to take action against uh, rusty tonight to stop him you know they found a grapple gun in the wreckage from the doom factory uh, and it has the venture logo on the inside yeah uh, the monarch wouldn't have seen this but you know his old the implication his old blue morpho stuff was made by the ventures yes not implication it's it's what it is it's just sad uh he says, no, the, you know, this is too much. We're, we're putting two to do together to get four. Uh, the blue morphos hits haven't been random. They're all people in line to arch venture. Yeah. Uh, at this uh, Dr. Mrs. The Monarch, she's like, he wouldn't do this. I've seen that man stand on a chair with a cockroach into the room <laughs> or something <laughs> like that. Like she says something, you know, I can't remember if that is this episode or an earlier one, but yeah. yeah. Uh, and there, and, uh, Dr. Z says no money and fame change people. Right. Yeah. You know, and the next on the list, you know, logically is the wandering spider and he's already gone missing. 
Like, yeah, it's yep. just, let's go time. He's just, he's working his way up. It's killing our men. We gotta, we gotta deal with this. Yep. Yep. Uh, 21 talks about, how he doesn't like killing people. Uh, the henchman crew, they called it getting your wings. And he first got his wings. They're fighting Dr. Vibrations, <laughs> a, uh, a hippie who fought all his battles with the robots that use sound guns. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love Dr. Vibrations. I like that. This um, big battle is taking place outside of all these geodesic domes. Yeah, really good. <laughs> it's a real like Buckminster uh, Fuller kind of thing. He uh he he talks about uh so he ran away to hide just you know because he's a kid at this point. Uh ran into Dr. Vibrations who laughs and died of happiness. Uh and then he's like, Oh, this happens. You know, he talks about the story of the uh the kids getting the high score in Berserk. Yes. And dying. Yeah. Uh creepy thing. Yeah. That's real. And they're not making that up. Yeah. That'd be up. Uh we cut over to a uh, list of deaths berserk. <laughs> oh, you're this is about the Wikipedia? manga, but I, I just, I really like the idea of searching <laughs> this thing uh, for lists of deaths berserk and then finding a list of 65 <laughs> different deaths here. <laughs> <laughs> remember, remember that time, like uh, over the span of a couple of years when all those kids were uh, fucking cut in half the hard way by a one-armed man with a gigantic sword. <laughs> <laughs> just nonstop. The death toll for Berserk is. I know what arcade game has the highest death toll. The, the highest video game has to be like StarCraft, right? Because Some people die. Star, StarCraft, yeah, StarCraft and an MMO, something like that. Wow. So, uh, yeah, uh, but StarCraft yeah. or WoW, but Blizzard's got a real. They got some absolute death count. Yeah, yeah. Huh? Will they be stopped? No, probably not. Um, yeah. So we go into Doctor Heine. Uh, he calls for his next patient. This is also Paul F. Tompkins. Yes. Uh, the monarch is waiting uh, for him. He's like, I have a pain in my ass, doctor. <laughs> uh, and uh, he narrates uh, the villains ultimately do whatever they want. They're wild dogs. Yeah. Or Dr. Mrs. The monarch does uh, narrates us rather. Yeah. Um, we're cutting between everybody at this point. Yeah. It, it, the, the, there is no way to uh, uh, kind of like deinterlace this. Let's say. Yeah. Just because the cutting, yeah. cutting apart is uh, the kind of the way it's put together. Um, it's definitely Scorsesian. Yeah. Uh, so Rusty is at his party. They're setting up, and uh, it looks. I love his line. This looks like a, a baby shower for a teen mom because all the decorations yeah. are like you know just like oh we got these on sale at Joanne Fabric. <laughs> a, a baby shower for a teen mom is very sad. Yeah. Um, and Pete, you know, just because Rusty aims the the criticism at Pete, like, oh, you got style, you should know this. Uh, so Pete says, oh, I tried to stop him, but then I started appreciating the irony. Yeah, I, that's very cute. <laughs> uh, this is, they're going to watch a lunar eclipse. Yes. At this point. Um, and uh, he looks at the, these goggles at this point, and he's about to correct him at, the, uh, at this point, saying, like, you don't need these for a lunar eclipse. Mm -hmm. uh, but then they don't get expensed for them if they're fake. Yes. So uh, they claim that they've been sprayed with eclipsium mm -hmm. to stop the, uh, the eclipse stuff. Yeah. Feels a little bit out of uh, character for Rusty not to know that looking at the moon won't hurt you. But yeah. Yeah. Oh. Rusty's not in character during this episode. Nobody like they, they even spend some time in the commentary justifying. Yeah. Rusty not knowing about that stuff and it, it bugged me because i don't i don't think it reads true right. they also talk about him uh not wanting to admit that he stole a suit right at the end when we get that like that's why he doesn't come clean about this stuff i don't buy that either right i think it's just a Rusty's it's, not gonna care that much no i don't know <laughs> uh no. we cut over to the pine barrens 
where 21 has arrived with uh, the wandering spider. He's unconscious and he's really heavy. He's wearing this uh, kind of long coat. Uh, He's wearing this uh, to conceal the fact that he is wearing, he has uh, Dr. Octopus, Doc Ock style uh, metal legs. He's got these spider legs Mm -hmm. uh, that explode out from under his coat. Uh, and I like yeah. how the wandering spider, the the man part of him, is just laying there unconscious as the legs as the legs stand upright, um, carry him around. Uh, Twenty one pokes him, and then a dart comes immediately out and hits him in the dick. Uh, <laughs> Look, he's just rubbing on it. Great. Oh man, it fell asleep. Good, <laughs> guy so much. And the next episode, um, when he was like, "I had priapism, dude." <laughs> So the uh it's very good at privatism for a week um the uh rusty's upset nobody's shown up you know he thought uh chris would bring his retinue there's a part where like one says what if he's with his retinue of people he'd rather hang out with or you know he's at a different party mm-hmm. uh billy gets very drunk <laughs> you know and uh ask rusty if he invited his mom or that carfax fox which um, i like that just as like the just very much like oh what would it be fun for a drunk person to say yeah fox yeah. Get a carfax fox <laughs> it's really good uh and hank is the bartender it's been a minute since we've had hank in a costume uh-huh this is really great uh he asked for a drink and i can't remember what somebody orders but he's like i uh, you know manhattan i don't know how to make that yeah. yeah manhattan i don't know how to make that uh I only know how to make drinks with the ingredients in the name, a gin and tonic, which contains a gin and a tonic. <laughs> and uh, Rusty asked for a ruddy bottom. Uh, this may, is this our last octail? I think this is our last octail. Our last new octail. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they just needed a red yeah. octail drink. It's about time you learned how to make a octail. A ruddy bottom is uh, tomato juice and grenadine uh, with a little bit of rum in it. Vile. Vile. Not, not as vile as they could be. I, when I think about docktails, mm-hmm. you can almost, so like tomato juice and rum be a little bit of like a flavor profile of a, a Bloody Mary a little bit. A little bit. Yeah. A little bit spicier. Little bit. Yeah. Like a spice, you know, and then grenadine on top of that is adding sweet and cherry. Yeah. I think in turn, like compared to like a red mocha cooler. You know? I, 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 like, so here, here's my hang up. I don't like tomato juice. I think a, oh, I, I think a, yeah, I guess. Yeah. But I like it more than ketchup, like in a drink. Like the other one is ketchup and chocolate sauce. I think. Wait, no, like, it's a, okay. I need to, I need to see what the actual re- recipe for a red mocha cooler. Cause I, th- I thought the red in the red mocha cooler was the, uh, was the cat or was the, uh, the Kool-Aid. It's Kool-Aid. I think it's like a pour, a tall pour of, there's one of them. Maybe it's the mummy <laughs> that has the, uh, the chocolate. again it's we people have have decided not to do it if people really liked us and really Uh, hated us what they would have done is made the show very popular so eventually we do a live stream where we'd have to drink these (laughs) it's in your power you could still do it we have one season left uh red moco cooler is kalua a tall (laughs) pour of chocolate syrup and a dash of red kool-aid yep (laughs) that uh that sounds okay to me up until it's thick almost undrinkable don't stir uh, is the one with ketchup yeah it's like ketchup bourbon and cola yeah uh, it was inspired after a halloween prank yes yeah. uh, uh we don't know what's in a, a hot mummy yeah uh the uh man maybe the slim jim the slim jim fizz might be good actually because that's a jim fizz with a slim jim in it yeah which is pretty gross but you could take it out <laughs> i suppose you know yeah, yeah. huh 
<laughs> the runny bottom. I love tall grass glass of grenadine. <laughs> it's a long pour of grenadine. Uh, it's very it's, funny to me. It's syrup. <laughs> oh. It's syrup on syrup. Like it's always nonstop syrup. It's so good. <laughs> Oh man, cocktails! Uh, I, I just, I yeah, just, I'm just imagining it. going to a store and buying all of these ingredients. It's <laughs> like, I, I, do we need to call the cops? Like, does somebody, well, they, does somebody need to wrestle these away from you, sir? <laughs> I think they would assume that you had just run out of those things and weren't intending to put them together at all. Mm. You were missing individual ingredients for like three other drinks. Oh, maybe. You know, huh. or or making a soup. <laughs> you know one of those uh, one of those five alcohol soups you hear about so much yeah from the well, hollywood no, you're, you're gonna have grenadine rum and, and like a daiquiri or something oh yeah and then the tomato juice is for a soup oh maybe yeah the eggs i don't, I don't really assume whenever anybody buys groceries they're gonna mix all of the things they bought together into one dish well that's why i buy my toilet paper all by itself and four counties over yeah because you don't want anyone to think you're making tp soup nope no, you know, I don't, I don't want to make a plaster soup. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, so, uh, this is here. They needed a red docktail in order to provide the illusion of blood. Um, yes. so and we see like, we're kind of, we're kind of back toward the beginning, uh, wide whale and the others on the council, uh, they're kind of looking down the sights of the sniper rifle at, uh, at rusty. Um, uh, kind of inside, uh, when Dr. Z arrives with Dr. Mrs. The Monarch. Yes. Uh, the Monarch is taking selfies with Dr. Heine, you know, providing his alibi. Rusty's going to go look at the eclipse and Billy spills the ruddy bottom on him, getting the, the part of his tuxedo bloody. Uh, 21 wakes up the wandering spider and hands him a cell phone. Uh, basically says, you know, just tell Dr. Mrs. The Monarch, the blue morpho is going to kill you. Mm -hmm. Uh, but she's too busy. She can't answer. This would have quote unquote saved Rusty's life. You know, at this point it's playing for this tragic irony. Yes. Uh, here. Yeah. Um, so he leaves a message and then this is where we get wide whale saying, Hey, you know, he's going to, he's going to come after your husband. You know, the blue morpho is going to kill all of us. Says, you know, take the shot because Rusty walks out onto the balcony, uh, covered in the blood. Right, saying like, yeah, it looks like he likes to dance with the devil after his kill. Yeah, uh, they're telling her to take the shot. Uh, to go to her, you know, he's literally red-handed. Uh, the blue morpho might kill your husband next, and she takes the shot. Uh, and we start getting this uh, overlapping dialogue. Uh, you know, her saying like, "You do this thing, you're going to regret it forever." Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, this slow motion bullet goes through the sky. You know, you you find out you're just a tiny part of a big machine. Yeah. Uh, at this part. Um, Rusty gets shot at this point, you know, after seeing the moon and being like, oh, it's kind of beautiful. Yeah. Uh, here. And, uh, the monarch narrates saying like, yeah, that's how Dr. Venture died. Uh, and nobody cared. Like, and they, we get this little montage of his kids, his bodyguard, his employees moving on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then he wakes up because he's wearing the blue Morphos, uh, tuxedo, which has Kevlar sewn into it. Yep. Uh, the, uh, they start playing this like Louis Prima sounding song, uh, <laughs> which sounds like it's from a, uh, this is a, uh, from the, what is the library? Uh, I think it was the Turner Warner library? library or the Turner library. Yeah. 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 Just the, uh, but it sounds like a, a needle drop in the Scorsese movie. <laughs> ding, ding round one. Yeah. Yeah. Very similar. Uh, and yeah, he had a bulletproof lining. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's like, oh, he never wanted to tell anybody about it because he was embarrassed because he stole it. Again, that doesn't read yeah. true to me. Uh, but the monarch is happy because he got away with it scot-free. Like yes. he had his alibi. Yeah. 
you know, saying like, yeah, we have this, uh, you know, just, uh, the Dr. Mess, the Monarch checked your messages, uh, both rusty and, uh, the Monarch are off the hook for the blue, Mor- the blue morpho stuff right now. And we get a, a shot of 21 burying, um, the wandering spiders, mechanical legs. Importantly, we don't, we do not see any part of the wandering spider himself. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and then we get a post credits. We're done with the, uh, setup post credits, mm-hmm. which is great. Uh, with Dr. and Mrs. the Monarch and the others walking out of their, to, to their limo and like, oh, is that Christopher Lambert? And Christopher Lambert is trying to get into the tower. Yeah, because uh, Hatred locked late. the door. <laughs> yeah, yep. Uh, fashionably late. Yeah. Uh, and that's the end of the episode. It is. Real funny stuff. Like, I wouldn't trade away the episode if it meant getting rid of the turnbuckle. No. No, like, when it's at its best, it's very funny. Yes. You know, it bugs me because I'm a, a little baby who likes these characters to act like them themselves. Yes. Uh, but it's, uh, it's funny, you know, and it, it weirdly, it, you know, it's doing all the setup for the the next episode, which I like half of. Yeah. Uh, I really, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about it then. I really feel like that 21 has been keeping guys in the basement thing comes out of fucking nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in terms of like narrative arcs, they think that the boys absolutely screwed the pooch on. Mm-hmm. Uh, 21 is turning into their like, you know, least valuable player for that stuff. Yeah. You know, uh, his, uh, that little bit. And then the idea of him like getting over this PTSD, like this episode even ends with uh, him being like, so my henchman was upset. This is his job. He's a henchman who gives a shit. Yeah. And it just rubs me the wrong way. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Work. No, you know, with, uh, with, with 21, it's like, Oh, I, you can only be disappointed when you expected more or when you were led to believe that it could be better. Like they fainted towards something really interesting with him wanting to be independent. And then they kind of, like we said, watch that back. I, they, 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 like the, the, the first idea was better, I think. Yeah. And, and then they, uh, started coming up with an idea of him being, uh, you know, not wanting to kill people Mm -hmm. like him resisting this. uh, And, and, and then they walk that back. Yeah. You know, it just ends up feeling like a lot of false starts with that character. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And that's the, uh, that's the episode. Yep. Uh, if you like this show, what should they do? Cole? Well, they can go to patreon.com slash duck There you can support the show and other shows on the network. Uh, we really appreciate it. This is our job. Um, you know, talking about these things and, uh, yeah, you get cool stuff in return, whole bonus shows. Uh, if you like this, uh, you would like uh, Unfilmable, where we talk about uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> where we talk about horror movies uh, at a higher level. You can get Adaptation Decay, uh, where you can hear us uh, on an early episode talk about Christopher Motherfucking Lambert uh, in Mortal Kombat. Uh, if you're interested in that, yes, yes, <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so join us. We appreciate that. You can also leave us range reviews, Apple Podcasts or Podcast Addict. Uh, that'd be awesome. Yeah. And uh, tell your Venture Brothers friends. Please we do. approach the end of season and the end of the show. Yeah. Uh, you probably still have time to write in about season six by the time this is coming out. Uh, the release schedule is a little bit wonky uh, just because of early release going away. But uh, you can do that at duckfeed.tv slash contact. Um, click the orb button and uh, that'll go through. Yeah. Please limit your responses to season six in specific. We will do a grand wrap up Venture Brothers thing when we're done with the show. Yes. So if you have general things to say about it, or you can finally say your piece. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, and until next time. Go, go team, team Venture. venture.